from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt starts now, ladies and gentlemen. This is the broadcast for January the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two in our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. We're also convinced that checks and balances brought to us by the founding fathers is the great way to separate power and divide power and make sure no one gets too powerful, brilliant, and one of the great solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Yes, we were live yesterday, New Year's Day. Hope you had a wonderful day. And hope you kick off 2020 focusing on God, family, and country. By the way, a recap of yesterday's broadcast. Uh, Sam, meaning me, I openly reject undeclared, unconstitutional, immoral war. And we have way too much of it, ladies and gentlemen. Protesters storm U.S. Embassy in Baghdad after U.S. airstrikes. Iraq protesters swarm the, uh, what do they call it, embassy again, dispersing tear gas, the Americans. U.S. sending hundreds of troops to the Mideast after the uh, attack on the embassy. So now we're ratcheting up troops. Well, we're supposed to have an embassy, folks. We have an embassy everywhere, right? But it's interesting. We're on their soil. We say, well, we're retaliating because they attacked our base. Well, we got an embassy over there. We got a base over there. They attack it all. They don't want us there. The debate rages on. Oh, well, Sam, the good guys want us there. Okay, who are the good guys? Oh, well, Sam, this is Iran that's the problem. Yeah, but we're in Iraq. Yeah, but the Iranians are going into Iraq, and they're doing this and that. Wait a minute. It's the Tyrrhenians. Wait a minute, it's, it's, um, it's, it's Al-Qaeda. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's the good guy. I mean, it's the bad guy. It's the guys that are bad. Wait a minute, it's the militia. It's the, and we literally are in the longest war we've ever been in. And it's not declared, folks. And if we're going to be in this war, let's declare it. Let's fund it. Let's uh, lay out the proper rules of engagement, expectations, what we want to accomplish and how we intend to get out. Let's do it properly, folks. But we don't. Now, Kurt wisely points out Donald talks about less war. I pray he's genuine in that cause, but I don't see it. Whether it's Donald or whether it's the hawkish folks around him, I don't know. But it seems like we're kicking off 2020 with a war mentality, not only overseas, but in America as well, domestically. Quote, urgent call to action in Virginia. Quote, we need boots on the ground and we need trainers. Oathkeepers.org, that's what Stuart Rhodes and crew is saying. Richard Mack chimes into the broadcast yesterday, reports on his conversations with Sheriff Smith of Greene County, Virginia. Hey, you don't need to come. We got it under control. Don't worry. You're right to keep in bare arms or not. You know, it's not really going to be a problem. The sheriff's got this thing. Well, who's right, Stuart or Richard? The sheriffs or the people? I'm not here to create a divide. I'm just saying I, I'm getting two stories. One says, this is critical, we better stand up now. The other says, don't worry, we got this. Very strange in America. We're kicking off with the, the divide that everybody loves to somehow highlight. Becky Akers then joined us. 
And we talked about Chief Justice John Roberts. He literally says Americans may take democracy for granted. Does he think we have a democracy? Is that what the chief Supreme Court justice thinks we have a democracy? Maybe he ought to pledge allegiance sometime. We talked about Linda Rodstadt compares Donald Trump to Hitler. Says the Mexicans are the new Jews. Wow, she's off the rails. But I defend her right to say it. Unhinged feminist Amanda uh, Marcotte, I think is how you say her name. Writing in Slate magazine, she says and has announced that she believes Hallmark movies, which are known for their wholesomeness. Well, she says they're fascist propaganda. They're making money on the lie that the traditional family has value and that husbands and wives and can live happily ever after. She says it's bogus. and They're just profiting on that. Uh, she, again, is crazy, but I will defend her right to say that, too. Alex Jones got fined $100,000. He doesn't believe the Sandy Hook scenario. Says all the folks in there are just actors and actresses. I don't agree with Alex Jones, but I do agree with his right to say and think that if he wants to. But he got fined $100,000 by a judge. And my fear is where are we going to go in America when pretty soon you got to pay for your thoughts, pay for your conscience, pay for your free speech? A lot of people say a lot of whacked out things that aren't true. The mainstream press, top dog of them all. All right, thanks for being alongside for the ride. That's a recap of yesterday's broadcast, still available online at libertyroundtable.com. All right, without further ado, Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. Russia Today has a pretty interesting piece, Kurt, in my opinion, uh, that we need to mention uh, in light of our discussion on the military yesterday. Here's what the headline says, and this is, again, why I have a problem with it. I can't get the truth of what's going on. Headline says this, U.S. military contractors got sued. Why? Because the U.S. military contractors were funding terrorism, Kurt, in Afghanistan, I guess with protection and payments to the Taliban. So what happened is a bunch of these um, military families with lost warriors or lost military men in America, uh, they're suing because they're saying, hey, these contractors are literally funding the Taliban they're funding terrorism and using the Taliban for protection, and uh, we're giving money to the U.S. contractors, and then the U.S. contractors go ahead and fund the Taliban, Kurt. And the uh, soldiers' families uh, are not very happy about this reality check. Kurt, you want to speak to that? Well, I'm not really sure what to say, uh, Sam, except, um, you know, so much of it seems to go back to the military-industrial complex and the, you know, the guys who make, basically make money on war. Um, and uh, so I do believe that there are some legitimate ones. Uh, there are people that um, actually you know, want to protect our right to keep and bear arms. And they feel like uh, when people can have arms and protect themselves that then they can, you know, oppose the bad guys. Uh, but on the other hand, there's ones who want to, I believe, um, cause war and cause mayhem so that they can make money from it. Um, 
I'm just yeah. And my response to the, the military-industrial complex and to both sides of the coin that you point out, Kurt, is hey, less military-industrial complex, less stealing of the American people's tax dollars, all on the altar of war through peace. I mean, peace through war, or whatever you want to call it. It's hard to even know which it is, right? Uh, and I submit to you that we ought to follow the, the laws of the Constitution, which means if we're going to be over there, if we're going to go to war, then let's define it. Let's have Congress, you know, mandate it, uh, and let's go ahead and move forward with a, an appropriate. Laying out of what we're there to accomplish. Hey, we want to go to war for this reason. Here's the threat. Here's the need. Here's the funding. Here's the solution. Here's what we aim to accomplish. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's our timelines. And let's go ahead and do it right. My problem is right now we're just giving money to all these third-party contractors who are giving money to the terrorists. And then, hey, it backfires. And now you got American servicemen's families suing. Why? Because they say, hey, you're funding the enemy here. Right? You're giving protection payments to the Taliban. Well, who the heck is the Taliban? Who the heck is ISIS? Who the heck is Hezbollah? Who the heck is uh, Al-Qaeda? Who, you know, and when you dig in, I don't even know who's, who is the problem. So I'm appealing to less spending on the military-industrial complex, Kurt, and more spending on uh, our defense, our true defense in America as Americans. Uh, our borders leak like a sieve. Drugs are brought in. Crime is brought into America literally wholesale these days. Uh, via the drug cartels that seem to get protection from Operation Fast and Furious and other governmental programs. Uh, and it's all topsy-turvy. And the answer is to roll back and become moral. The answer is to use the supreme law of the land as our guide. And if, if the House and the Senate have not declared war, what, Congress is supposed to declare war? If they haven't done it, then we shouldn't be over there. Now you'd say, Sam, well, they can use marking reprisals and other shorter um, measures than war to accomplish the same thing by all means. Absolutely, but I would uh, come out of the gate and highlight this kind of as a, a uh, sub-statement to our point uh, yesterday about this war thing. I reject all this immoral, unconstitutional war stuff. Let's use the Constitution as the guide, Kurt, is what I would say. Hey, Kurt, do you know what today is? Well, uh, today's the 2nd of January. Good, Kurt. I'm glad you got that part. You know it's 2022, right? Yeah, I but do you know that. what today is? Though, I forget to tell you. It's a special What's day, that? buddy. Uh, uh, today would be. Let's see. Of all Thursday. the things, Kurt should know this one. Uh, let's see, it's buddy. The second of January that. is officially National Baby Making Day, sir. <laughs> okay. Now you have eleven uh, children. You should I, know this, Kurt. Come on. Yeah. Okay. And how many grandchildren do you have now? 23 right now. Mm -hmm. 23. All right. Well, see, there you go. And you don't even know it's National Baby Making Day, buddy? This is the day where more babies are conceived than any other day of the year. I thought that was every day pretty much, you know, as far as I knew. Well, National Baby Making Day? Well, God of Heaven says multiply and replace the earth. He didn't say, like, on He didn't say January 2nd, Kurt? No, not that I'm aware of. I think he did. I just think he didn't say that exclusively. Oh, okay. Right? Anyway, it's, it's interesting. They're celebrating all over the world, Kurt, and they want to take this all salacious and, you know, talk about uh, all the details. I don't want to do that. I just want to celebrate, though. Anytime we can welcome children to the earth, welcome children to good families with a mother and a father and people who are raised them in righteousness and teach them the gospel of Christ, and I think it's a, a celebratory time. Amen. And we can avoid all the salaciousness. We can just say, hey, multiply and replenish the earth. What a blessing. And if you guys want to count the 2nd of January, a day to make babies, by all means. And I agree with Kurt. Every day is a good day uh, to welcome children to the earth and follow the commandments of God. Quick pause. Sam and Kurt in seconds. Scott Bradley here. 
Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Hey, Kurt, so National Baby Making Day reminds me a little bit of Christmas or the 4th of July or Thanksgiving or Constitution Day, September 17th, or uh, some of these other days. Can you think of how? Mm, celebrate the celebration? Kind of yeah, thing. celebration. But, you know, uh, it's not the only time uh, to celebrate Christ, which would be, you know, Christmas, or it's not the only time to celebrate Liberty, which would be the 4th of July, or the Constitution, which would be Constitution Day, or National Baby Making Day here now. I don't think it's the only day that you, you know, focus on that or think about that, but it is kind of nice to highlight good things. And, yeah. you know, the enemies of liberty, enemies of God's laws, would say sex is just awesome. Talk about sex all the time. And every sex kind of act or is wonderful, except for the God-ordained kind. The kind where there's a man and a woman who are 100% committed and legally and lawfully married and monogamous and everything else. Um, enjoying one another and bringing children into the world as the Lord has intended. The, using the procreative power in partnership with God. Um, you know, this is a time where they're kind of saying, hey, that is the way it ought to be. Now, they're not going that far and saying that literally. But in their own, uh, I don't know what you'd say. In their own way, they're kind of at least doing that to some degree, Kurt. And I think it's great. We need more of it for sure. But uh, so I'd kind of say National Baby Making Day is a little bit like that. Um, I think that there's nothing wrong with highlighting that, you know what, children are a blessing. Heavenly Father intends husbands and wives to uh, bring children into the world and to treat the procreative power that he's given us very sacredly, uh, realizing that it's a, a, a blessing. And a sacred opportunity to partner with God and everything else. I mean, I, oh, that's a good thing. 
So anyway, I kind of like that aspect. Kurt, any other uh, comment on National Baby Bacon Day there, sir? Well, like you said, I wasn't aware of it. And, uh, you I know, just can't believe like, you're not caught up on uh, that, Kurt. Yeah. Now, uh, by the way, anyway. I'm making fun of Kurt a little bit because do you guys realize how many... I mean, every day is something. Did you know that, Kurt? Unless you go consult a calendar <laughs> and keep up on it every single day, there's no way you could know, Kurt. How would you know? In fact, I didn't even know until I saw a news story about it, and then I had to go research it a little bit to even understand the thing. Right? I, I'm not really expecting you to know. It's a little bit of a joke because every day is something. Every day has some kind of a celebrate or, or you know, something day, right? But today is National Baby Making Day because I guess more babies are conceived on this day than any other day which I find very strange, too. So, but anyway, uh, any other tidbits on that, Kurt? Well, it seems like they would be conceived on... Well, anyway. Uh, what do you mean, I anyway? Know. I don't understand. Say that again? Well, uh, at, you know, if you're talking about a celebration, um, you know, you got New Year's Eve and all that stuff that, you know, I'm trying to figure out why it would be the day after New Year's Well, I could help you if you want anyway. to know. Well... Um, Look, Kurt, you get all drunk and you cause all these problems and you just totally melt down and on New Year's Eve. And then you sleep all day and recover from your hangover and everything else, right? Then the next day okay. you're feeling all better and you're still kind of off work and you're just like, hey, we got to continue this celebration now. We're feeling a little better. Okay, well, that's See, There you go. All right. You know? Forgot about the drunkenness part. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't be thinking about that. I know. Silly. <laughs> See, that, it's just that we live in a weird, weird, what do you call it, a weird world? Let's say that 50,000 times yeah. fast. Topsy-turvy. Look at a weird, weird world. <clears throat> but um, so I uh, say that, you know what, if we can bring children into the earth, my guidance on this topic would be to realize that the procreative power is a very sacred thing and comes from God Almighty. And it is designed by our loving Heavenly Father as the central um, opportunity to partner with God and to procreate, to take part in God's process to bring children to his earth. And uh, it's meant for husbands and wives who are legally and lawfully married, who love one another, uh, to be involved there and to bring children into the world. And I think any way they celebrate it is good. I just would like to highlight along with this wonderful national or global whatever you want to call it baby making day that we you, you know think of it as a blessing and uh, sacred and within the bounds the lord has set and if we do that i think it's a wonderful time to highlight that by the way there's sixty-five thousand college students in the news kurt wants to tell you about kurt well yeah but this story sam <sighs> You know, would sure be nice if a bunch of people picked it up. Don't I you wish think? we had 65,000 media outlets picking it up, huh, Kurt? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great story. You're talking about, uh, you know, uh, these people that basically, uh, Fox News, I guess, did report it, but I didn't really hear it hardly anywhere. I mean, I just found it. It says uh, 65,000 college students ring in New Year worshiping Jesus. Uh, it says, the one whose name is above every name. It's not your typical college New Year's party. More than 65,000 young Christians gathering in an Atlanta stadium to kick off a new decade with worship, prayer, and Bible teaching. 
while a Pew Research Center survey shows that the nuns or religiously non-affiliated Americans are increasing with a decline in Christians over the last decade. The sold-out conference, it's called Passion 2020, seems to be outright defying that. Uh, they say over the three-day period, thousands of millennials and Gen Zers, uh, along with their church and campus leaders, will be filling up the Mercedes-Benz Stadium with Passion founders Louis and Shelley Giglio as hosts and music by the Passion Band. Are you familiar with the Passion Band, Sam? I'm not, but I assume it's a Christian group. I think this, uh, the passion yeah. term is all uh, about what passion Christ or whatever, and passion after that Christ, you know, kind guess. of thing. And, uh, you know, I commend that. I think that's wonderful. I don't know if these sixty-five thousand students are going to get kicked out of college for their stance, but I will say Probably. that I think I like this, Kurt. I'm, I'm grateful, and you know what I find fascinating yeah. is they say that the sixty-five thousand students are defying something, right, Kurt? Well, that they're kind of going outside the norm. They're going against the grain, so to speak. But I would, again, this is where the mainstream press wordsmiths us into kind of a false narrative, Kurt. I believe that the 65,000 are carrying on God-ordained tradition. And that for generations, it's been a, a very sacred thing to understand God and to celebrate Christ and to be a Christian nation and to understand the religious historical reality uh, of liberty and history of liberty and Christ t together uh, in the founding of our nation and all these things. Okay. And I would say those who want to jettison that, those are the ones, Kurt, that are, what was the term used? Mm, let's see. What was that term the, used? Well, let's see. It's not your typical college. New yeah, I know. There's word. a word that you just used in your story. It's right there. But anyway, whatever that word is, Sorry. defying, I think is the word. Yeah, I just outright come up with defying. Yeah. Um, outright defying. Okay, those are the people outright defying, Kurt. Not us. Not the Christians. Not those who are standing for Christ. They're not defying anything. Okay, it's those who want to reject Christ that are defiant. And so I, I want to challenge that narrative because even this story, and it's probably a good place that brought us this story, but even they fall to some degree to that narrative. Okay, these 65,000 college students ringing in the new year, worshiping Jesus, the one whose name is above every name, uh, Fox News with the peace, the defiant ones are the ones who want to um, upend that or oppose that or reject that or change that or whatever you want to call it, bury that history, Kurt. They're the defiant ones, not us. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's important to bring that out. All right, anything else on that one? No. All right, well, so if 65,000 becomes 65,001, and this person's not even a college student, I don't think it's a young figure skater, Kurt. Well, yeah, this one's, uh, <laughs> um, it, you know, the headline reads, uh, as you said, young figure skater honors veterans with Christmas routine. Uh, God bless the USA. He says, uh, well, millions of Americans spent precious time and friends with friends and family members for Christmas. Brave military members sacrificed their time with loved ones in order to keep our country safe. Many people express their gratitude for these men and women who are overseas through letters and care packages. One little boy in Pennsylvania, however, applied his talent to pay a special homage to both veterans and active duty military members who gave up time with their families to defend our country. Now, Karen Smith uh, 
she's uh, lives there in east or east of Harrisburg. Uh, she shared a video of her son Nolan skating his heart out. Well, I mean, so, I mean, he was really working hard on this uh, during a local I'm winter glad festival. Gets that colloquialism, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, good. Because otherwise, uh, you might think you lost his a, heart or something. That's you know? right, and then they'd have a heart attack. Anyway, uh, this is according to WTXF TV in Philadelphia. The nine-year-old took the opportunity to use his time on the ice to pay respect to brave men and women. And I mean, it was pretty cool. And I think it's phenomenal. The USA song. So the bottom line is, people are celebrating Christmas. People are celebrating Christ. People are grateful for the greatest country on the face of the earth. God bless the USA. You're just not hearing about it in the mainstream, that's all. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Iranian-backed militias have now withdrawn from the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad after two days of violent demonstrations. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo still postponing a trip to Ukraine because of the troubles at the embassy. He was set to visit on Friday. It would have made him the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit Ukraine since a July phone call between President Trump and the Ukrainian president, which led to a whistleblower complaint against President Trump. The Federal Aviation Administration is now involved in the investigation of mysterious drone sightings in northeastern Colorado and part of Nebraska. This man, Wyatt Harmon, says he captured some video of one of those drone formations. We got close to one, and it descended. I swear it got closer to us, and then the light shut off. This is USA Radio News. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un calling for what he refers to as shocking action against the U.S. North Korea had given the United States a year-end deadline to make progress in nuclear talks between the two countries. Now Kim has reportedly declared himself no longer bound by a pledge to the U.S. to halt missile tests, and he's promising to show off a new strategic weapon soon. Former NBA Commissioner David Stearns being remembered after passing away at the age of 77 yesterday. He was the longest-serving commissioner of NBA history after holding the role for three decades. Michael Jordan saying that Stern, quote, guided the league through turbulent times and turned it into an international phenomenon. 
New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio angry at a Manhattan Domino's location for jacking up the price of a pizza on New Year's Eve. A pizza that would normally sell for $15 was selling for 30 bucks. This is USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, celebrating Christmas just a little longer on Baby Making Day, folks. Kurt, I guess this little girl loves Christmas and loves the Donald, doesn't she? Well, yeah, um, she wanted a uh, uh, Christmas present, and what she wanted was a giant President Trump, and uh, she wanted it to, she says, uh, freak liberals out. A uh, little girl in Brunswick, Ohio, she asked that for that for Christmas, and she got a life-size replica of President Donald Trump. And boy, did Santa come through, uh, five-year-old Kaylee. Uh, she woke up Christmas morning. She was treated to a full-size cardboard cutout of the president and the first lady, Melania Trump, uh, that's what she asked for, a giant Trump, and Santa delivered, her mom said. Uh, she posted that on Facebook. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I hope she doesn't get beat up or anything for this, huh, Sam, you know? Yeah, I don't know re- really to think about this. Um, what's interesting is when you see the headline, you kind of go, this is weird. This little kid's all enamored with President Trump or whatever. But then, the, in my opinion, the mother kind of explains and says it's not really weird, Kurt. It's not some fascination with an old man or anything weird like that. It has everything to do with the uh, office of president and everything to do with this idea that, you know what, we need role models and things. This is actually a pretty neat story when you get into the details, Kurt. Well, that's right, Sam. And, uh, you know, um, Mrs. Uh, Caton uh, said she doesn't think it was strange for her daughter to admire a sitting president. Uh, it used to be, you know, kind of a normal thing, I would say. Uh, she says uh, he's the current president of the United States, and that's something kids should be able to look up to and be proud of. She wrote that in a separate Facebook post, and, uh, and hats off to Facebook for not even taking it down. Uh, it says, but before all the leftists start accusing Kaylee's mother of brainwashing her, uh, says uh, Katen also said she uh, doesn't talk politics in front of her daughter at all. She's five. Yeah, because here's what her. happened. I guess everybody ripped her and stuff like that and said, how dare you put your kid in the middle of this political deal and... Whatever, and she's like, "Look, I don't even talk. This isn't political. I don't even talk to my kids about politics." She says, "Yeah, she says uh, little kid's five and has American pride, and I'm proud of her." She says, uh, "Let's add, uh, she's never heard me talk about politics. No one has probably heard me talk about politics. Let's be honest. Children today are short on role models." The story says, "While." Uh, progressive leftists are talking are taking their children to drag queen story hour programs where convicted sexual uh, predators read to them or buying them books on how to summon demons at least one parent has encouraged her child to admire presidents 
when children, the story says, when children's books as such as Little House on the Prairie are deemed racist and civics classes teach that Trump is a racist, it's encouraging to see one family not buy into the liberal propaganda. It's almost a Christmas miracle for a child to find a public figure today that they can look up to and admire. And this article from the Western Journal by way of World Net Daily says, uh, good for Kaylee and good for her family for raising her right. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat stuff. I kind of like that, Kurt. Well, Rand Paul's coming out with a little bit of levity, Kurt. Did you see this? Uh, I don't think so. Must have missed it. All right. Well, Rand Paul basically comes out every year and kind of mocks how we're spinning ourselves into oblivion and stuff like that, Kurt. Mm-hmm. And so Rand Paul says, quote, all I want for Christmas is $23 trillion in debt. <laughs> in debt. He's mocking and joking about how we just spend ourselves into oblivion, Kurt. And, um, you know, I think it's uh, he does it in a funny way to try to bring a little bit of levity to the season. But at the same time, he's very serious about the uh, concern and the moral hazard and the repercussions to which he speaks of, Kurt. So this is kind of a, you know, serious, right? Uh, anyway, any comment yeah, on that? Yeah, $23 trillion in debt. Yeah, it's cool that serious. Well, that's some serious debt. You know? I hear that. Speaking of serious debt, though, Kurt, I don't know. I'm going to just bring up all kinds of stuff you probably never even heard of. But, you know, hey, uh-huh. here you go. I'll give you all kinds of rabbit trails to research for that matter, right? Okay. Uh, welcome to 2020, sir. Put on your glasses. You. Here we go. Do you know much about the the pizza principle, Kurt? The pizza principle. Yes, sir. See, here's what happened, man. Over the holidays, uh, for Christmas Eve and stuff like that, Domino's got crazy. Started charging people 30 bucks for a cheese pizza. And now they're getting all over them saying they were price-fixing pizzas and stuff like that. And what a shame it is, Kurt. So who did they force to pay the pizza Nobody, Kurt. Oh. No, the only people that force people to pay things are governments, Kurt. Yeah. But we sidetrack. Uh, Look, this pizza principle is serious, man. There's a key Mm. to what's called a strange economic principle, Kurt. Believe it or not, it's called the pizza principle. It's it's kind of an economic theory. Are you familiar with this, Kurt? Nope. Come on, buddy. Yeah. I thought you studied money. You know, when you put all your coins and stuff like that, you need to have a pizza alongside, Kurt. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Not really, but... uh, Come on, Kurt. I'll just keep... Look, New York City is constantly changing, Kurt. Talk about the crime rate, the urban landscape, or the Mets making it to the World Series, you know, this kind of stuff. It's full of surprises over there, Kurt. But one thing has stayed rock solid, Kurt. It's been the pizza principle until price fixing came along. Dang it. Price fixing. Listen, serious business. Here's the theory, Kurt. You ready? All right. Since the 1960s, remember, that's when we left gold, okay, and silver, right? I think Follow me? that's right. Yeah. All right. So since the 1960s, the price of a piece of pizza has risen in absolute. But it didn't say that in the story. It didn't say that's when we left gold. No, so that's right. what I added. Yeah. That was okay, a Sam Bushman reality check note. Yeah. Well, okay. You're right. It did not say that. They don't, thinking, they don't wow, highlight that cool. like they ought to. But here's the deal. The price of a slice of pizza has risen in exact tandem with the cost of a subway ride, Kurt, with startling similarities. And they call it now the pizza principle. It's a documented economic theory. Go check out Wikipedia if you want to get caught up on this here now. 
Mm-hmm. And it was first proposed back in 1980 he by proposed. a patent attorney, Kurt. Patent attorney. Eric M. Bram is the patent attorney that proposed this idea. And he notes right. that pizza, the cost of pizza, was on the rise. And, um, you know, so was the subway fares. It's impossible, Kurt, for any discerning New Yorker to find a decent slice of pizza for less than 60 cents, he said, back in the day. And it's been vetted. This principle, he said, hey, it's been vetted, challenged, revalidated, and upheld by, you know, this principle. All you got to do, whether you're a statistician or anybody, just track the subway ride cost and track the cost of pizza and voila. Wow. Now, I want you to understand this. This is serious business, buddy. Mm-hmm. We're talking economics, bro. Oh, now, you can go to school and get trained for five years in this stuff, and then you're somebody. Or you can just uh, understand the pizza theory here, bro. Mm-hmm. Now, he first noted the, noted the trend, Kurt, when a, a fare cost 15 cents and so did a slice of pizza, and they were parody then, buddy. Okay. Okay, then they feared that the tokens to these cards and going digital in the subway system might disrupt this match or parody, but no, sir. They tried to say the principal was patently dead, buddy. But no. No. Columbia University professor even chimes in and works on this as a statistician, Kurt. And they've done the most comprehensive study of subway fares and pizza slices and the cost thereof and the pairing of the two. He pulled prices, believe it or not, Kurt, from more than 1,800 pizza joints around New York to figure this out, buddy. What a waste of time. Oh, come on, Kurt. What's wrong with you? All right? Anyway, it goes on and on and on. But this is a serious theory. Now, listen, you got to isolate the slices, Kurt, for different pizzas, okay, so you can get a handle on this, because you got to really focus on the parity here. He cleaned up the data. He isolated the prices of slices, they had different labels, like plain, cheese, regular. And he found that the mean price of a slice of pizza was $2.33 with a standard deviation of $0.52. Cents. See? Anyway, you get a 5% bonus on your um, you know, travel with the subway. If you donate at least, or if you have $5 on your Metro cards, you get this little discount. Anyway, when you figure it all out, Kurt, doesn't matter. There's still parity. Yeah. Right. You take in all the nuances of different things, buddy. Blam. Exact median price of a pizza, according to the professor's analysis, sir. In other words, the trend, folks, years later... Still holding strong, ladies and gentlemen. What do you do? You get pizza and then enjoy baby-making day? Is that what you do? Merry Christmas. We're $23 trillion in debt. I hope we don't go to war. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStreamLive is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. 
Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled N-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. broke down the economic theory called the pizza principle, ladies and gentlemen. It compares the price of a pizza slice to the cost of a ride on the subway in New York. And there's parity between the two. And, well, since the early 80s, this has been challenged and debated and professors have researched it. And, wow, it goes on and on and on. But you ain't seen nothing yet. Kurt's got one to even top my pizza principle. Kurt? Well, yeah, but Sam made me do this. I didn't really think this was useful. But it's very it's useful, the, Kurt. Come the, on. Listen to me. When you the, leave gold and silver, my friend, yeah. listen to me, All then any other benchmark can work just great, man. Well, stupidity is what it is. Wow, well, stupidity is on parity with $23 trillion in debt. That's Rand Paul's right. point. Good point. Uh, headline on this is the Big Mac Index, and they say it was invented by the Economist back in 1986 as a light-hearted guide to whether currencies are at their correct level. It's based on the theory of purchasing power parity, or triple P, you'd call that, the notion that in the long run, exchange rates should move towards the rate that would equalize the prices of an identical basket of goods and services, in this case, they say a burger, in any two countries. So I don't know if you got that figured out, but they're just telling you if you got a British pound versus a U.S. dollar, you know, and et cetera. But uh, to me, all this, uh, I mean, it gets, it even makes it more confusing. It's kind of like those experts that try to tell you about, oh, you know, the reason we need, uh, you know, M1 and M2 and all that kind of stuff, you know. Listen to me, man. This Big Mac Index, Kurt, was developed by The Economist magazine back in 86. Okay, these are serious. You probably didn't listen to me, but I read that and told people that just barely. No, I heard you that, but I just want to reiterate that look, this is serious. You're mocking these magazine people? Mm -hmm. These guys are the experts, Kurt. 
uh, and experts. You're, so and that you're mocking their economic theory. Drip under pressure, right? Yeah, you're. I, I'm just telling you, these guys are the experts, man. They got it going on. No state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender and payment of debts. So you can't figure that out. You're going to listen to those old like. dead men, Kurt? Uh-huh. Come on, we got yeah. the pizza principle going on in the Big Mac index, my friend. And Rand mm-hmm. Paul now wants to kind of toss in some levity and talk about the fact that we're $23 trillion in debt. You want to know what Donald's doing in retaliation? I mean, in response, Kurt? Signing the omnibus spending bill. Yes, he is. Know. Here it is. Donald Trump hikes federal workers' pay all oh, yeah. the way up to $170,000 per year, my friend. Now, people are saying this is a problem, but the number of federal employees, do you know how many federal employees we have, Kurt? Well, according to this, it said it was 2.1 million. I, I figure there's a whole lot more than that, but well, it you all know, depends on how you these... define federal workers, buddy. That's right. Yeah. Aren't all of us federal workers? I mean, oh it's... boy, I am whether I want to or not. <laughs> right? I mean, I work and generate cash based on the pizza principle and the hot dog theory and everything. You know, is there one of those, Kurt? You need to come up with that Probably. One. Kurt Crosby come up with a hot dog. In fact, Kurt, would you call it the honey index, wouldn't you, Kurt? Well, like, listen to me. For, for generations, gold, silver, and honey have been solid as a rock. And it, when you study it, you can get a pound of honey, uh, just like back in Moses' time that you can get now, and it really hasn't changed much. B- believe it or not, Kurt, do you know that economic reality check is true? Pretty much, I do, Sam. I think yeah, so see, why don't you talk about, why don't you challenge the hot dog theory and the pizza slice theory and the, uh, you know, Big Ooh. Mac theory and come back with a honey theory, Kurt? Come on. Yeah. But really, they say the number of federal employees, 2.1 million, has not changed significantly under the Donald since Trump mm-hmm. took office, but it has grown slightly, according to the uh, Congressional Research Service, Kurt. That's right. And uh, apparently, um, I guess so much for know, draining the swamp, Kurt. Yeah, according to the Hill, um, there was an executive order uh, that follows a a bill the president signed last week, which would give federal workers a base two point six percent raise. They say that's the largest in a decade. Um, and uh, you know, here's how it gets kind of convoluted. They say uh, the uh, uh, you've got certain areas, like say you live in the Washington, Baltimore area, you're going to get the biggest raise, 3.5%. Uh, San Francisco and Seattle areas are going to receive the next largest boost, 3.4%. Now then they've got the smallest raise, is 2.85%. That's going to be paid in the what they call the catch-all locality, and they call that the rest of the Now what US. do you find more complicated, Kurt, the pizza theory or this mm, probably this sam yeah pretty soon you'll be defending the pizza theory now believe it or not donald tried to create just parody kurt across the country to have it just standardized raise but of course mm. the congress critters rejected his notion and he had to go along with the manipulated based on location uh divide right where you Good pay point. different amounts anyway donald tried to prevent that too kurt but he got shut down by your favorite representatives yeah and, I, and I'm defending President Trump here. You know, again, don't worry, though, Kurt. He, he signed f- to increase pay for all these workers. But the good news is the government didn't get shut down, Kurt. Yeah. 
Because I'm telling you right now, if the government got shut down, the price of a Big Mac would go through the roof and just trash the Big Mac index, buddy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the pizza principle. Well, the pizza, I mean, a slice of pizza would cost 50 times what it costs to go on the government-controlled subway, Kurt. Yeah. See what I'm talking about? Now, I think we ought to use the jalapeno index personally. Well, Kurt, what are you talking about? The real cost. Yeah, like not just the sixty cents or the dollar twenty or oh, whatever. It's it is up to you like two forty five now, buddy. Okay, so you put in two forty five, but what about all the taxes and all the Yeah, you know, what are you talking about? Government slush. That's a different budget, Kurt, a different that. whole yeah. mechanism. That's right. I know you but want to put them together. Fair but way come on. to do it. Well, you want to be honest mm-hmm. about this, Kurt? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? The issue is honesty. Ooh. Wow. All right, I better go on to baby making day or something important here, because I'm telling yes, you right you now. Better. But Donald Trump hikes federal workers' pay all the way up to 170000 per year, buddy. So I, I don't really think that's draining the swamp. Do you, Kurt? Hiking the pay, and there's not really any less workers. In fact, they say there's slightly more than the 2.1 million workers, Kurt. I don't really see that Donald's draining the swamp. Now, the thing is, this is coming from the Western Journal uh, by way of World Net Daily, but they're quoting things like Washington Post, yeah. which, um, at least in my opinion, Washington Post is never is not to be trusted. Be too, well, yeah, and they're I agree. not friendly towards the president. But they, here's the question, Kurt. Do you want yes. to go do your own research and come back with a reality number? Well, I'd like to, but I'm going to have to clone myself several times. Well, you can work on it, or you can just trust the post. And I'm just saying, you know what? I don't really see a whole lot less government under the Donald. Do you, Kurt? Do you see less government in your life? See, I see more, actually. I mean, if at least, uh, like, on that 36,000 pages of less regulations, you know, and I see... uh, We just passed a 2,200-page spending bill? I don't know what it was. I don't know how much regulation goes into that. And I appreciate President Trump reducing some of the regs. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm just saying, hey, we need less government workers, you know. But we haven't talked about closing a single department, and I don't really see that we've let go workers. We haven't used attrition or anything to reduce the number of federal employees, as far as I can tell. Now, I don't know what the real numbers are. i got to trust, you know, because do I trust the um, New York Post or do I trust the Western Journalism? Or really, this information comes from, according to the Congressional Research Service, Kurt. What do they call that? The CRS? Congressional Research Service? That's what they call it. Okay, so, you know, I don't know if we can trust those guys. Can we trust those guys? They work for Congress. Congress works for us. You get it, right? I'm feeling like I kind of like the Big Mac principle. You're the Big Mac index, man. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, Peter Navarro's in the news, and he's got a prediction for you, Kurt. Things are going to get better by the second, sir. So don't worry about the economy or the debt or anything like that. Well, yeah. Um, and do you know who this is, Peter Navarro? You heard of him? He's just some wonking government, isn't he? Well, I didn't know who he was. Um, well, that's because he's but, an inside um, swamp monster, Kurt, and you don't keep track of the swamp monsters. I thought maybe he was some big uh, financial guy. Um, he is. Is okay for your so government. Who is he? You don't know. All right, so I figured. No, you Kurt. Know, what you're supposed to do when you send me this story, you're supposed to grab this name, highlight it in your clipboard, go over to this thing well, called I Google, know, but I just and then figured put in Peter I was and then Wiki. Touch again, you know. Here, let me do this um, real quick for you. And we can so see this, who this guy, Peter guy apparently uh, Navarro. 
um, they call him White House trade advisor. That's right. I didn't know we had a is. trade advisor. Well, why wouldn't uh, you know that, Kurt? Well, we got everything in government, buddy. If we don't have one of something and somebody comes up with a new name, there'll be somebody assigned right away. Right? Good point. Yeah, anyway, I guess he's uh, predicted the Dow Jones Industrial Average is going to hit at least 32,000 in 2020. That's going to be 12.4% higher than that. He's director of the Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy, sir. Oh. He assumed office April 29th, 2017 uh, under the Donald Trump. Yeah. They used to, it used to be the direct, uh, director of the National Trade Council, Kurt. That was kind of different, you know. Yeah. So this is a new position established. That's probably why you didn't know about it. It's a new position established by the Donald, Kurt. Well, they dissolved one office and established a new position in another office. Very good. So he says he's looking forward to a great 2020. He said that on CNBC's Squawk Box. He went to Harvard, Kurt. You should feel better about his leadership now. Yeah, Harvard. Uh, He says, forecast-wise, I'm seeing closer to 3% real GDP growth than 2%. I'm seeing at least 32,000 on the Dow. Uh, You know, he sounds like a prognosticator. Um, They say it's going to be the roaring 2020s next year, you know, like the 1920s, the roaring 20s. Uh, Trump is, um, let's see, Navarro pointed to a handful of signs of a stronger economy ahead, despite concerns of a slowdown, including low unemployment, rising consumer optimism, and rising wages. Uh, He cited ongoing trade progress, talking about U.S. and China, etc., Let's see. Next year, he says, 2020, we're going to try to get something going with Great Britain, Vietnam, Europe, and anybody else who wants to fairly trade with the United States of America. Uh Now, this guy's basically been a government wonk his whole life, Kurt. Graduated from Harvard, been in government forever. The swamp continues even when Donald dissolves departments and creates new departments. He installs swamp monsters. Anyway, the Chinese are as fast at it as we are, Kurt. Last story of the hour. China injects $115 billion into their economy. They want to try to stabilize their economy, Kurt. What do you think about that? Well, it's good they use honest money over there, you know. They do? They have honest money in China? No. Well, their money's backed more by gold and silver than ours. Is it? Yeah, go study the yuan, Kurt. Come on. Oh, and you got to study the the um, pizza theory and the it takes Big Mac too index long and... to do that. Yes, it sure does. I'll tell you that right now. But hey, Kurt's got nothing but time, baby. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up. Sam and Kurt. I'm for the Honey Index personally. Raw honey delivered directly to your door. To learn more, get all to Kurt. Localhoneyman.com. Rate oh one six six nine twenty two eleven. Call or text. He's available anytime. The Honeyman. Localhoneyman.com. We declare this nation shall endure. Hour one of the can. Two coming up. Hey.